The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 5th, 2023, season 19, episode number 46. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start of the day, we talk Cowboys defense versus San Francisco offense. Let's get this thing started. Let's start off first with some updates on the injury report. I was looking through the injury report yesterday and it was the names that I didn't expect. I, first of all, the list was really long. A lot of those guys, not injury-related, or at least that's what it said. Uh, they were getting rest days as veteran players. But there were some names that popped up on the list that we hadn't seen on the list that were injury-related. Damone Clark's shoulder, Malik Hooker's shoulder. Uh, what do we know about those guys that are that have just kind of been added to this injury report? I spoke with Malik and Damone yesterday in the locker room, and they seem in good spirits. They don't seem to have any type of concern about it. Of course, we'll see how things go as the week progresses. But like you said, Derek, weren't expecting those two to crop up. Um, and then CeeDee Lamb, even though it was uh, a planned and expected rest day for him, he also got listed kind of with a knee issue that he's dealing with. He didn't have any kind of noticeable issues. Uh, he was all smile, showing his usual pearly 32s yesterday. So so we'll see how the practice report looks today. Thursday, obviously, is the biggest day as far as uh, ramping up padded practice. So we'll see how those goes. Uh, how, how those go, I should say. A lot of veteran rest days, like you mentioned, Stephon Gilmore, Jonathan Hankin, Ceedee Lamb, primarily, um, and Demarcus Lawrence. They got some day. They got a day off yesterday. They'll be back in practice today. Um, Zach Martin was listed as a veteran rest day, but obviously we know he's dealing with that quad slash thigh issue. We'll see how much work he gets today. Uh, Tyron Smith was listed as a rest, but at this point with Tyron Smith, we're just going to lean heavily on the, the knee situation with him. He was DMP yesterday. Um, we'll see if he gets any play at all in, as a limited participant on Thursday. But the expectation was that he would try to be a limited participant on yesterday. Still came up DMP, so we are still touch and go with Tyron Smith at this point. Help me understand how we read this injury report, because on Tyron, it said knee and then it said NIR, NIR which, is, <laughs> which stands for not injury related, right. yeah. as though he were getting a rest day like the other veterans. It, it, what are we supposed to read from that? Are we supposed to read from that? It was not related to the injury that he missed practice. Like if we would have, if it would not have been for a rest day, he could have practiced or was this just you know, they put it on there as a rest day, but really it's the knee and he's still going to not be practicing again today. It's, it's basically what you just said. Um, more so true for a guy like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith when you look at the context of the injuries and who has the greater probability of playing. But when you see the designation like that, CeeDee Lamb, for example, CeeDee Lamb with that knee, he probably would have shown up on yesterday's injury report, but he would have practiced. But they chose to not practice him. Then the question is why non-injury related is the reason we chose to not practice him. So that's the way you want to look at it. It can be a little confusing when you see NIR, but then an injury right next to it. But yeah, so that's the way you want to slice I've it. I've learned to not trust anything <laughs> that I see on here or here. And you mentioned CD's smile. He can be all smiles. It happened That's with true. Brandon Cooks. He was smiling, telling the media, 
I'm okay. You know, we were hearing it wasn't anything serious, and it wasn't anything major. Mm-hmm. But he still missed that game. So yeah, that's why I said, let's see. That's why I said, <laughs> yeah. Now I le- it's like I led you can't with, trust nothing we hear with, or see. Let's see what Thursday's injury report says because yeah. this is the ramp up day for them. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was padded practice yeah. with a lot of veteran rest days. Today is kind of an all hands on deck. If you can practice, they're going to try to get you on the field. So if CD Lamb is um, DNP today, then okay, let's kind of sound an alarm. But if he's limited, even limited it could go to they just want to make sure that they don't push that knee unnecessarily so let's see what today holds for them but I will also say on the injury front three notables for the 49ers Dre Greenlaw Mm -hmm. ankle did not participate yesterday Elijah Mitchell backup running back guy had 1100 scrimmage yards two seasons ago pre McCarthy he's got a knee he did not participate Charvarius Ward dealing with a heel issue he also did not participate Yes, cornerback, their CB1 for all intents and purposes. So those three injuries, if you're looking on the other side of the coin, keep an eye on those because you want to look at um, the progression or lack thereof for those three key guys for the 49ers this week. I think they're jacking with the injury report myself. Which both? (laughs) Yeah. Both. Look, yeah. all, all yeah. NFL, like all. yeah, it's all a game. Yeah. It's part they, of the they, game. It's you know, the game. Th- this head coach is is interested in not telling you anything, and and that's good for him. It's not his job to tell you everything. Now, mm-hmm. people that gamble on these games, they'd like to know what's going on. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is when you start to they start to play with designations a little bit. You know, we all know that that Tyron Smith is dealing with a knee injury. It was going to be touch and go. Even the owner, general manager, came on 105.3 The Fan and talked about it, you know, that the, the, the possibility of Tyron Smith, uh, you know, his ve- availability or lack of. So, yeah, I, I, think these are, I think these are just ways to mess with the injury report myself. <laughs> Yep. All right. Let's. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Rico Dowdle, um, mm-hmm. and really more from the standpoint of Deuce Vaughn. Um, through the first four games, what have you seen from Deuce Vaughn? And do you think? Let's assume for a second that Rico can't go this week. Do you think it's enough to have Deuce Vaughn as your two, or do you think it? What you've seen so far suggests that you may really need Malik to be your two and keep Deuce in that role where he's kind of just that back you bring in every once in a while. If I'm Deuce Vaughn, I wonder if anybody really likes me uh, on the team because they don't block for him like they like him, you know. And I mean that in tongue in cheek. It's, yeah. uh, they they he 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 does not get the benefit of the opportunities that Pollard and and Dowdle had. I mean, and, you know, as far as when they come in late in the game and things have already kind of been buttoned up, you know, and all of a sudden everybody's just trying to get out of the game and the blocking's not as good or, you know, like, oh, well, hey, we're not really going f- – not that they don't go full effort, but, man, there's times where they hand him the ball and he has absolutely no shot mm-hmm. to get anything. So it's really been hard to evaluate him as a runner when he gets the ball and he's hit at near a yard beyond the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I, I feel like though that it, you know, and we, they used him early. They, I, I talked about, they went a series early with him. The, I think it was week two where they brought him in and maybe gone a series early and, but he's really had trouble when it comes to finding space. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that explosiveness that we saw in the preseason. And even if you go back and watch him play at Kansas state, just hasn't been able to get through the hole to the hole with any kind of, you know, where it's like, oh, there's an eight-yard run. Oh, there's a 12-yard run. Oh, there's a seven-yard run. 
everything he's done, it seems like he's he's having to fight right at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I, I don't think that's him. I think it's sometimes the way that they he when he comes into a game to try and finish oh. it. We've seen him how explosive he can be, but he's he you can. know what? He's starting to remind me of Kavanta Turpin last year when they were using him on offense and it just wasn't really it wasn't clicking. Working. It yeah. wasn't clicking. It yeah. wasn't he he would get stuck, like you're yeah. saying. And it's starting to give me that kind of visual. Um I do think they're using him more right off the bat than they were with Kavanta Turpin mm-hmm. earlier last year. But they just need to find a uh, if that's with blocking, yeah. helping, having some guys block better for yeah. him, because he's a weapon that they need to use, especially we talk about the red zone and all the issues. He's another guy that can be a good target for you and create distraction for opposing defenses. So I don't I don't really know um, exactly what's going on because I haven't analyzed that aspect of the game uh it's it's been tough. I, I know we all kind of watch, and it's like they hand him the ball, and he seems to go nowhere. Yeah. And I don't think that's all his fault. And I'm not, you know, I'm not holding, you know, I'm not, you know, not. I mean, there's things that they need to do better up front, and maybe he needs to do better seeing it. But it just it doesn't have that feel like you're talking about where, oh, that's they're gonna this play's gonna bust loose. Okay, oh, they blocked that one well. You know, it seems like it's just a lot of carries to try and kill this clock it's too much inconsistency when it comes to deuce vaughn um with the ball in his hands and he has the ability we've seen that but also with the play calling to get the ball in his hands right. for me to sit here and say yeah you'd be fine without rico and malik i'm not comfortable with that at all right. i think if rico can't go you absolutely better elevate malik davis especially what, what role that's the key is he coming up to do the role that rico does or i would you sliding I would, you sliding vaughn up to do the role that rico would have no. done and then malik shares. i would i would have malik do Rico's role, uh, particularly that's, in pass pro, that's, uh, because that's something that Deuce Vaughn still kind of mm-hmm. needs to work on. Yeah. Uh, hell, that's something Hunter Lipke still kind of needs yeah. to work on. So you you need a more stable pass pro behind Tony Pollard. I think that's Malik Davis. Um, and when it comes to Deuce Vaughn, and you make an excellent point, Ambar, about it kind of feels like they're kind of struggling to get him involved, even though they're trying more than they did this time last year with Turpin. But when you compare he and Turpin right now, it's Turpin. When he gets the, the touches, Turpin is being more effective yeah. and more productive with those touches. So it has turned, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it has turned into Turpin versus Vaughn in that backfield. You were you were We were all thinking that Turpin would get more play as a receiver, slot guy, and, and he is to a degree, but not nearly as much as he's getting in that backfield with these hands. He won't admit this, but I think he's also felt the pressure since training camp. I believe it. With just kind of having that competition and people kind of comparing the two he's with human. the similar traits he's and human. all that. Yeah. So he Turpin has kind of become um like a quasi running back for you. Uh, and a more effective one right now through four weeks than Deuce has become. So I mean until they figure out uh how to tweak the Deuce Vaughn variable in this running back room, I mean you got Turpin as more of a stable hand in that capacity, in the gadget back capacity. But yeah, if Rico can't go, give me Malik Davis behind well, Tony Bowles. You brought up something that needs to be pointed out and I think it's it's a good thought that if they do go with Vaughn as the second back, in passing situations, you put Hunter Lipke in there. Mm-hmm. You, like know, you know, that's that's what you do. If you want to, in fact, give Pollard a rest, you know, or you maybe you bring – you know, Pollard's done a pretty good job of doing some blitz pickup stuff. But if you just want to give – if you don't want to expose 
Vaughn to pass protection. And this is not a very blitz-heavy team. No, it's not. So maybe you can get away with that a little bit more. The only, and I love it, the only concern I would have there is it being a tell. Um, in that yeah. if once you pull a deuce off and you put Hunter in, you basically just told Shanahan and his defense, uh, you know, what to do, what's yeah. likely coming. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what's coming, but the odds are that's what's coming. So I'd be afraid. Well, I'd be afraid. Well, this, is, this is where they I mean, and, and this is under the Kellen Moore administration. There have been some third down runs yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. that's where every once yeah. in a while you just damn hand him the ball. Exactly. And yeah. even if it even if it doesn't pick up a first down. You at least plant that thought Fair. that, well, wait, they're going to hand a ball. Fair. And, you know, they're there. I, I think you can, you're right about the tell. You're like, you know, everybody knows that Deuce Vaughn it struggles as a pass blocker. It's just because of the lack of height. That I mean, you could watch his preseason film and, and see that. So to me, I tell, yeah, we're in a third down situation. We're going to have to throw the ball here anyway. They know we're mm-hmm. going to throw the ball. But what if you do? Like I know Kellen Moore back in the day would hand the ball to a guy on third down and try and get seven or eight yards. Yeah, you know maybe maybe and Mike get crucified. McCarthy, yeah, maybe Mike <laughs> would do the same thing. And if yeah. you remember back to preseason, I'm pretty sure that final game. Lipke had a nice play with it. He had a yeah. pass catch yeah. out of the backfield. Right. Made a nice run with it. There you go. Like get him out of there sometimes yeah. where like, I think there are ways you can you can affect the tail. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but there are ways that you can you can make sure your tendencies don't always say every time Lipke's in the game on mm-hmm. third down, he's pass protection. Or, right. Keep him honest. Yeah. Can, just or, enough to keep him honest. Yeah, or exactly. you could bring Sean McEwen back there. You know, you put Sean McEwen True. or tight end, you just go split backs and just put Deuce on one side and Sean McEwen who, on the other. Who likely um be elevated again yeah. because Peyton Hendershot was not a participant in practice yesterday yeah. with that ankle injury. So, good point. Sean McEwen will probably be on the field. That's another blocker for you. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll jump into Dallas defense versus San Francisco offense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Back to the break. Your Dallas Cowboys head to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers in week five of the 2023 season. Come out to Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium on October 8th for a free watch party presented by 7-Eleven. Cheer on the boys alongside Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and rowdy while enjoying $5 Miller Lights, barbecue, game day fare, and more. Gates open at 6, kickoff at 7.20. For more information and to claim your free ticket, visit DallasCowboys.com slash watch party. Go Cowboys. And I also think this weekend at that watch party, I think I heard there's going to be some barbecue going on out there. Did you hear about that? The, the Q-Fest is happening this weekend. And I, yeah. think, I think they're also going to have some of that barbecue out there on Sunday. For the watch party. Well, yeah, we see. we talked to Matt Pittman. I, I saw, I heard that. Yeah. Matt from uh, Meat Church, big yeah. cowboy fan. Yeah. The only thing bad about way, Pittman, he's an Alabama fan in football, and I, I don't, thing. I can't deal with that with Poor him. <laughs> but my man, could, my man could cook. That, that, that's what we definitely agree. Yeah, we yeah. can't, we can't, can't deal with Alabama. Love, love hey, Matt. I got, I got some Meat Church up in my drawer in my, in my office. I tell you what, I use it every day. I tell you, Matt does a hell of a job. He's and some great videos. If you ever want to learn how to grill. Cook out, trim yeah. briskets, whatever. Matt does a great job. You sounded like Eli Manning just then. I put that bleep on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do. All right, let's get back into it. Cowboys defense versus San Francisco offense. Brian, what have you found? Yeah, this is one of the most creative offenses in the league when it comes to the use of their personnel. When the uh, you know the league averages about fifty two percent of pre snap motion. These guys do it at about an 82% clip. So they're always going to mess with you with their with the eye level. They're going to try and confuse you. Uh, they play a great deal of what we call 21 personnel, which is the two running backs, one tight end. Uh, and what's really unusual about this is when you get to 21 or 22 personnel, again, two running backs, one tight end, or two running backs, two tight ends, I did that for you, Jerry Madeline. Uh, <laughs> and so the, the, the thing about it is Dallas – I mean, San Francisco's used that personnel group 103 snaps. The whole year, Dallas has only faced that seven times this year in all the games that they've played. So they're going to have to be ready. How do you match when they go two running backs, one tight end, or two running backs, two tight ends? be interesting to see the game that Dan Quinn plays there. Most teams will play them with a base front. They'll just play their base against that group. And some others have tried to play it with – with their nickel, but I'm interested to see when they get in that what Dan Quinn does to match that. The 49ers' best personnel group when they want to run the ball is 12, one running back, two tight ends. So when they get in that, know that the ball is probably going to be coming downhill at you. It kind of starts with their quarterback. I think that with Brock Purdy, he's done a really nice job as a leader. Uh, this is a guy that played, if you watch the draft show, uh, the, the year he was selected, we talked about him about Iowa State. 
four-year starter at Iowa State, played a lot of games, played a lot of snaps. I think it's helping him here in the National Football League. He's got experience. He's not the most gifted quarterback, uh, but he protects the football. He's not going to be careless. He's not going to be reckless in his decision-making. He'll throw it away when he gets in trouble or just absorb a sack uh, when nothing's there. There's plenty of plays where he knows – uh, exactly where to go with the football because the play tells him where to go. The play call tells him, okay, throw it here, throw it here, hand it here. Uh, he's a really good ball handler. He tacks uh, the field, I think, very, very well. The middle of the field, he's absolutely good at. To the left, he's really good in that area as well. The Giants, when you watch them play the Giants, though, the Giants did a really good job of making him move around. They pressured him. They blitzed him in that game. And there were a couple of times where he was having to throw off his back foot and wasn't as consistent doing it. And, and that gave him, a, that gave uh, uh, him a little bit of problem. So pressure uh, tends to give him issues. So if Dallas can find a way to get him to play off that back foot, don't let him get comfortable throwing the football. But, you know, that's uh, easier said than done sometimes with this crew. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is huge in what they do, but also Kyle Juszczyk is huge. So I'm kind of combining the running back and the fullback here. Um, it's funny with, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, when he was at Carolina, he couldn't stay healthy. Now he's like indestructible when he plays for the 49ers. He's had to deal with some injuries along the way, but not like what he dealt with in Carolina. I mean, he's a dual threat player. He's just as good as a receiver as he is a running back. They line him up all over the place to create mismatches. Um, he's he'll line up in the backfield, the slot. They'll line him out wide. They'll use him as a blocker. They'll throw the ball to check on the swing and have Christian McCaffrey out as a blocker out in front. So they're not afraid to 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 do a lot of different things with him. I describe his running style as a slasher. I mean, he is going to find. He sees the hole. He gets to it, and then he's going to violently cut or violently cut uh, the other way. But he's going to he's going to take it, and he's going to slash it the way that uh, the way that he kind of dissects that hole. Uh, this guy can finish from anywhere on the field too. I mean, he's had some long runs already: sixty-five yard run, fifty-one yard run. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that really is a special player. Uh, they we'll see what happens with uh, you know uh, Patrick mentioned Elijah Mitchell. He's the backup, the primary backup, but he's he's dealing with a knee injury. So we'll see how that all plays. Kyle Juszczyk, real quickly here, is he's a rolling ball of knives as a player. <laughs> um, best way to describe him. He's 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 not just a blocker, but he's a true weapon. He's got outstanding hands. He's got route running skill. He gets ahead of steam. They bring him in motion. If I'm if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm talking to the officials before the game. I think there's times he turns up early. And I'm going to make that known to the officials before this game. I'm going to say, watch 44 turning up early. You can't do that. Can't You can't attack. This isn't the CFL. It's the <laughs> NFL. You can't attack the line of scrimmage. There are times when this guy does that. He gets ahead of steam and he turns up field and then he gets a, it gets a, a, a block. So I've seen him like uh, head up field, fake like he was going to block, and then keep going, and then they throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. So this guy is uh, really difficult to deal with. A good rule of thumb is follow him, and you'll likely the ball will be somewhere not far behind him as a player. So he'll kind of he'll kind of carry you to the football. The wide receivers are the most dynamic. I think one of the most dynamic groups in in football, and I, and it's no easy task dealing with these guys. It, these the talent here is Debo Samuel. He's got size. He's physical. 
It's rare for the position. He's extremely dangerous with the ball uh, in his hand. Uh, he can be difficult to bring down once he's on the move. He's got he's got running back skills in a tight end body is really how he how I would describe him. He catches slants. He's in breaking routes. He's always kind of working the middle of the field. So the safety's got to be kind of aware, especially hooker. If you're playing that single high, be ready for 19 coming across. You're probably going to have a collision somewhere right there in the middle of the field that you're going to you're going to have to deal with right there. Brandon Ayuk on the other side is equally as dangerous. Uh, you know when I, what I've noticed when these games of watching when Brock Purdy gets in trouble or he gets pressured, he throws the ball to Brandon Ayuk. And so, because Ayuk is one of those guys that kind of finds space, he's going to keep moving and then allow himself not to be covered. And he'll make his share of big time catches. He's a clutch player. Uh, he does most of his damage, just looking at the numbers, on the left side of the formation. So, stuff on the right, you know, he. Yeah, it makes plays, but when he's on the left side, that's it, when he tends to do some of his of his best work. So, like uh, Debo Samuel, he's really good run after catch. You got to wrap him up. It's not like I'm just going on and on here, but here's George Kittle at tight end. Now we're gonna have to <laughs> they got with, so many players. Now we're gonna have to deal <laughs> with him. This guy honestly does it all for the 49ers. He fits perfectly in what they're trying to do. He takes a great deal of pride in his ability to block. He doesn't mind to be the dirty work guy, you know, stunt man. Hey, bring in the stunt man. Okay, well, here's uh, George Kittle. He's going to block at the point of attack. They're going to run the ball behind him. He's not a shield or get in the way blocker. He is a put his nose in there and try and drive you into uh, the next or off the screen, you know, that, that type of a blocker. Um, you have to just get rid of him. But he'll play both sides. He's not going to line up on one side or the other. He's going to play both sides, and but the majority of his snaps will be at that tight end spot. So he plays really as a true Y, and not as a off guy or a flex guy. You know, but you'll see him in the slot every once in a while. But most of his stuff is done next to the tackle. He's really a dependable player. You know, when they they throw him the football, the offensive line. Here we are. We got a pin and pull group here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they similar to what we saw with uh, with with Arizona. The down blocks, the movement, they really are big. They'll run some of the old Washington were the Redskins back in the day. Now they're the commanders. The Joe Gibbs counter tray. Well, they'll bring a backside lineman and block with a with a backside tight end. So that's where you get the down blocks and counter plays, the pulls and stuff like that. I've never seen an offensive line that is not interested in securing down guys first and getting to the second level. Usually you have guys that get hip to hip and they try and secure the down guy and then get to the second level. Not this crew. They're like, listen, you're good enough. You block him by yourself. I'm going to get that linebacker. So Dallas is going to have to deal with that in this game. They're going to get they're not going to worry about the down guys. They're going to one, they're single block those guys and just run guys up on these linebackers. So be ready for that uh, you know, with uh, with uh, Damone Clark and Leighton Van Der Esch and anybody else that's down there in that box. Um, their best player on the offensive line is Trent Williams. He lines up on the left side. He's a load to deal with. He is one of the best offensive tackles in the game. He's athletic. He's powerful. He's nasty. There's a time in the Arizona game where you see the umpire visiting with him about technique. He likes to kind of try and slap your hands down. Like if you're trying to get into him, he's violent chop into the wrist area and stuff with some of these guys. And the official had a word with him a couple of times like, bro, you can't be doing that. You know, I mean, I know what you're you know, doing, but he's doing some violent things there. But he is a nasty player in that way. If they're going to take advantage of a guy, it's Colton McKivitz, the right tackle. He's the one that 
gives up the most pressure. He's the one that gets broken down. uh, T.J. Watt, excuse me, did a really nice job in week one. And then, and again, the Rams in week two did a good job of breaking him down to the point where Kittle had to stay in to help block because of the struggles that he had. So Tank or Micah is having success to that side. Don't be surprised if that's the adjustment that they make, that they go ahead and keep Kittle or they keep uh, Charlie Warner, the backup tight end, keep him over to that side to try and help. So McKibbitts is the liability at the right tackle. You have to be able to tack him on that edge because he is lack of foot quickness and he really doesn't play with a lot of power. That's that's your that's your biggest weakness on that offensive line, and if you're going to go after somebody, that's the guy you go after. And the Cowboys have the personnel to do it. Uh, Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are both in the top ten in quarterback pressures in the NFL. No other team in the NFL has more than one. No other NFC East team uh, has anything but one. Philly has one uh, in uh, the former Bulldog. But um, I mean, in getting that pressure. Getting that pressure against Purdy is going to be key because while uh, Brian Briggs brings up a great point, Purdy protects the ball. He doesn't make yeah. a lot of mistakes, yeah. particularly in the air, but he can be forced into making mistakes if you put your hands on him. Mentioned it in the lab coat segment on Tuesday. Four fumbles went under duress when pressured in the pocket. And he only has two scrambles this uh, this year. So it's not something you scheme for, but it's something you want to keep in the back of your mind because when he has taken off and run those two times, he's averaged ten and a half yards. But for the most part, he tries his best to stay in that pocket and get that ball out. And when you're looking at uh, a liability on your right side and then you have two of the best pass rushers in the league, exploit that. Get hands on Purdy. He has four fumbles, but only lost one. He's only lost one because of the four teams he's played against, they average less than one takeaway per game. Contrarily, Cowboys average two and a half takeaways per game. Opportunities will be there potentially to get that ball on the ground, and when it does does get on the ground, Cowboys are uniquely positioned to get that ball and get that takeaway, give their offense some more some more reps. One other note about pressures, going back to that game last year where the Cowboys played the 49ers in the playoffs, check this out. They had uh, Cowboys got pressure on Purdy on 9 of 29 dropbacks. So it's yeah. about a third of the time mm-hmm. when he dropped back there was pressure. Here was the interesting part. When there was pressure... He was two of nine for three yards. You can write a thirty-nine point six rating. When there was no pressure, he was seventeen of twenty for two hundred and eleven yards with a one hundred and ten point six rating. Clearly, a little bit of a difference. The answer is if you can get pressure on him, you can you can get him. But the the point is you got to get the pressure, and that's the hard part. Like you said, Brian, there there's yeah. some very they have talent on this offensive line. If they you can do. find that weak spot, find though, that guy. That's how you get him. You know, it's funny. I I love these next gen things, but. I made a note on something. Mm. When they get in that twenty-one personnel, yeah, the he's thirty-six of forty-three for four hundred twenty-six yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Mm. So Think that's their it. sweet spot. Yeah. Mm. How do you match up? How how would you match up if you were trying to create the defense to match up with them uh, when they go to twenty-one personnel again? Two running backs, one tight end, yeah. two wide receivers. How would you match up? It's I don't know. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd yep. is tr- I might consider just saying, you know what? Let I'm gonna let Bland travel with and this is gonna be weird probably. Yeah, I don't know. I got you. I know what you're doing. But I, I know but it, I'm gonna let Bland travel with Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put Gilmore on Ayuk because I think the quickness aspect and the size would probably be better. Mm-hmm. Kittle is my problem. 
and I don't really know how to deal with Juszczyk, you know, because they'll throw him the ball. He's just not a blocker. So I don't know how I'm going to – McCaffrey, man, you're going to have to let somebody – it reminds me so much of playing the 80s uh, – excuse me, the 90s Cowboys when we were in Green Bay because anytime you took Emmett away, Novacek would make a catch. You took Novacek away, Michael would make a catch. You take that away, you know, it, there was always something you could take away, mm-hmm. but you couldn't completely take it. You couldn't stop them from doing it. So the, the problem I have with Curse, I, I think the thing with Curse is the if you put him with Kittle, you might it might be Jordan Lewis. You might you might have to sit there and say, all right, Jordan Lewis is going to have to carry Kittle because Kittle runs routes down the field. Yeah, he's not just like sometimes if you deal with a tight end that's kind of a limited and you know underneath, you know that's one thing you could. I don't think Curse is because we've seen Curse play from depth and it hasn't been clean and cover underneath fine but it's underneath if you have to carry it up the field is that a problem that's where i think i would consider looking at jordan lewis i know you're giving up you're giving up size there but i think you almost have to treat kittle like he's a wide receiver can you also maybe think of it from the standpoint of if you really attack their right tackle enough and force them to if you want to be in 21, yeah. now Kittle has to stay back and help out in blocking. Does yeah. that also help negate Kittle a little bit? Because I've seen games where Kittle doesn't really get off offensively. Right. And you go look at it, you realize he's blocking a lot. In the playoff game, he he was good against Dallas. Right. But there's been games where he hasn't been good. Right. There's been games where he hasn't. This is where I would think about the the, the how to play the combination of somehow putting Micah and Oso Digizua on the same side. Because Osa is one of the best. Osa's top five when it comes to pressures for defensive tackles. Yeah. The, 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 guy, uh, the, the guy at the 49th, Hargrave. Hargrave, yeah. Hargrave's number, number one. one. Yep. Osa's like number five yep. when you start to talk about defensive tackle pressures. I would, I would make them have to, if they want to give McKivitz help, put, put, uh, put Osa over there too to let him, okay, you, they're going to help whoever's probably going against Micah. That puts him one on one with a guard, yep. and and so maybe to that side, maybe the movement, maybe the, you know, the penetration. You know, I would try and find ways to make McKivitts and their guards collide mm-hmm. and 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 come together, and then maybe get Micah home on some on some pressure. Yep. I think the twist game might be good. These guys are really good athletes, but the overall, but the the right tackle is not as good an athlete. So I would, I would try. I mean, I would try. I, I think this is a this is a game where Donovan Wilson looms large, uh, absolutely. When it comes to trying to defend McCaffrey and, yeah. and Debo Samuel, when you go back and you look at the playoff game that the Cowboys dropped in Santa Clara, um, on more than one occasion it was Donovan Wilson meeting McCaffrey at the point of attack, yeah. meeting Debo Samuel at the point of attack. So when you talk about physicality, Bland definitely has it. But if you don't want to give up that size, then there's Donovan Wilson who's right. there to do that, and he has the dual ability to, to apply pressure to the quarterback. One thing that'll work in the Cowboys' favor is is that Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan they don't use. Play 
play action a lot. And it's because they don't necessarily have to because they want to spread guys out. But they only use play action on 20% of their plays. So one out of every five times is play action. So that will give the Cowboys a better uh, opportunity to just play straight up and try to go after these playmakers and go after Purdy. But for me, I really think that you should key in on a guy like Donovan Wilson who will hopefully help delete the yak potential of Debo and Christian because if you don't delete the yak potential of those two guys, you're already in trouble. Brandon Ayuk, like Brian said, fantastic playmaker. But uh, his most of his plays are air yards. I think uh, Purdy to him is averaging like 16 yards in the air. He only averages two yards after he makes the catch. So he's the big play guy, but he's not the biggest guy. He's not the most physical. So let Bland kind of cap IU and keep him uh, in, you know, in sticky coverage, keep him from being able to create space and separation and give Purdy when under duress that fail safe to say, oh, I can just throw the ball up and Ayuk is going to get it. No, I think if Bland sticks to Ayuk, that gives an opportunity for a potential takeaway, but it also takes that option away from Purdy, which then puts him in a situation where he might panic and now you got hands on him and then he fumbles the ball, then guess what? you got an opportunity to pick up the ball. Well, I do think the thing you have to think about there is mm-hmm. a lot of those yards that, that Brandon Ayuk gets. Think about this. This last game against Arizona, here were his catches. 16, 11, 42, 25, 34, 20. And by the way, it isn't all just like go routes. No, it's like a lot of it is cross field. So if you put a man on him and he's going across field, good luck trying to keep up with a fast guy going across field. That's not made for the defensive back to Mm. win those matchups. That's made for the receiver to win. You know what that reminds me of? So that's where I look at it. And I'm like, I don't know if I love the idea of Brandon Ayuk. You regularly leaving Brandon Brandon Ayuk with either one of these cornerbacks mm-hmm. yeah. playing man coverage because I don't think either one of them are speedsters and Ayuk can run and if he's going across field it's built for him to win and what you just described and you're absolutely correct what that reminds me of is the Garrett Wilson sixty plus yard <laughs> touchdown wherein it was deep middle cross and that was defended well if Malik Hooker t- attacks the outside shoulder instead of the inside shoulder maybe he uh, underestimated Garrett Wilson's speed whatever the case may be that play ends right there so that's an example of the Cowboys got to make the yeah, play, yeah. Cowboys scheme it well execution comes into play yeah, there no doubt all right we're gonna take our final break we'll come back got a few more questions that we're gonna hit here before we. We uh, end the show. We're back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends 
are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Check out the latest and greatest addition to the tours at AT&T, AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a fo- focus on interactive fan experience. In partnership with AT&T, this interactive technology gives tourgoers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit DallasCowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment's going to be presented to you by Blockchain.com. All right, so here's what we got. We got a few more minutes here. I want to take a couple questions from our text line. We got a question. I uh, didn't get a name for this one. Coward. Um, <laughs> the I'm question. just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Damn, I'm, Brian. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> the question is, I am concerned with our safeties moving down into the linebacker All spot. right, Coward, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you think teams will start to figure out that running at them will generate some success? I, I do. I said this earlier. I, I, the thing that I worry about is that all of a sudden teams are going to say, especially if teams are able to get linemen up on the second level. San Francisco does a really good job. Let's see if Dallas doesn't allow them to do that. But I do worry about these these guys. And, and it's not that the, the safety linebacker guys aren't tough. It's, it's hard. You're 215, 218 pounds, and you're trying to take on 320-pound linemen. It's a, it's a difficult situation to deal with. And, yeah, that, I, I could see where – I could see where teams say, let's take the ball at those guys and see if they can handle blocks. Agreed. What you what you gain in speed and quickness with these hybrid um, safety linebackers, you lose in physicality and size. Um, so I think that I think the Cowboys are kind of starting to grasp that, and that's why you see, for example, they signed Michael uh, Jones. Uh, if I'm pronouncing this, Michael is it Michael? Um, former Syracuse guy to, to the practice squad. That shows you that they're not naive to the fact that they need some linebacker depth there. Um, so in this instance you would like to see with Malik Jefferson being elevated maybe get him into the mix more especially against a San Francisco team that can attack your your hybrid linebackers um, more than many other teams can so yeah I could I could see it continuing to be a problem if it's not addressed yeah you need to you need to make sure where the the hybrid player really works out well is when they play when yep. they rush the passer yep, yep, yep. so if you know in the run game you're you're, you're giving up something there you mm-hmm. really are and but you got to make sure that you protect that guy the best you can yeah. I hated your scouting report. I <laughs> didn't say anything good, really, for the Cowboys, for us, beneficial yeah. for the Well, that's why you got to read the science but, lab, which dropped this morning on But um, just going back to the last two times that they faced uh, each other in the playoffs, um, the final score, 23-17, mm-hmm. and then you go back to the last one, uh, 19-12, as far as, like, you talk about all the weapons, the different things that they do on offense. How different is it now from that? Because what we've seen oh, in the last two years, yeah. the, the defense has been able to keep up. At they least. Have. It's been the they offense sure that That's has not been productive. Yeah, yeah the, the thing to me, I could say this, they, they have outstanding players. I think what makes them different than anybody else in the league 
is the way that their coach uses. We give Dan Quinn so much credit, and because of the way the defense plays and the way he uses his guys. Mm-hmm. You could say the same thing about Kyle Shanahan and the way that they play offense. And that's that's your hope right there, that Dan has kind of figured out how to play. He was with Kyle. you know. Matter of fact, Kyle worked for him in, in Atlanta. They went to the and, Super Bowl together. Yeah, and yeah. so hopefully and then. He, he has an idea, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you talk to the people in Atlanta, they'd like, if we had just played a better half of football, we'd all still be working there. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, the thing about it is that, that he has an idea of playing. He can match up defensively with what Shanahan does. And that's and a lot of teams can't do that, mm-hmm. you know. But you got to know that. Listen, they got a stud running back. The wide receivers are weapons. The tight ends a weapon who doesn't get enough credit. And the quarterback's not going to totally mess things up. And their offensive line. So, yeah, it's it's. I think there's even more. Every year you evolve and they get more things and more ideas. But to me, it's the same premise of how to take your players and attack other schemes. And I think the Cowboys are equipped to handle that. Can their offense handle the San Francisco defense? Yeah, when you look at the the game last year in the playoffs, nobody other than Kittle really had a great offense. Not at all. This defense did a really good job. And I know the we've last talked, two times out, they've yeah, done a really good we've job. Talked about, we've talked about how tough this offense is to yeah. manage. But the fact is, you got Purdy going for 214 yards in the air. Yeah. Again, not a killer. You got McCaffrey only had 35 yards on the ground. He had yep. 3.5 average yeah. on the ground. You had uh, Kittle, like I said, he was the only one that really he had a great day. He had five catch. catches yeah. on five targets for 95 yards. But Debo Samuels. He only had four catches for 45 yards. Like, they did a really good job Mm -hmm. of stopping this offense and limiting them. At the end of the day, it came down to can you score enough points against that defense. That's really where the game, I think, is won or lost. And that was without Tony Pollard on the field. Pollard is on the field now, and then we talk about the other playmakers. And, again, I think this is a a Cooks game. But, I mean, the Cowboys are coming to San Francisco, Santa Clara, this time with more playmakers in their pocket and arguably an improved defense, even though you you lose Trevon Diggs. Diggs is the one that's going to hurt you. You lose Trevon Diggs, yeah. Good to see Deron Bland is not losing a step moving from inside to outside. So, yep. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap this thing up. We'll let you know what we think is going to happen this weekend. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!